This is the On The Banks Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation. Now, here's your host, Lance Glenn. Hello everyone, I am of course your host Lance Glenn, and this is episode 77 of the On The Banks Podcast. If you don't already, you can follow me on Twitter at Lance underscore G11, and you can follow On The Banks on Twitter as well, at OTB underscore SB Nation. If you enjoy what we do with the On The Banks Podcast, make sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us just by searching On The Banks. As we sit back, stay safe, and stay healthy, make sure to check out onthebanks.com for all your Rutgers sports news, opinions, and information. As I say to all my guests, I'll say the same to you, all of our great listeners. I hope everyone right now listening to this episode is safe and healthy. I'm very excited to be joined on episode 77 of the podcast by former Rutgers football defensive back and former Rutgers third baseman, Pat Kivlahan. Pat has a unique Rutgers story as he got to play for and learn from two of the most successful coaches Rutgers has ever had in Greg Schiano and the late Fred Hill. You know, it's interesting, and you'll hear in our conversation, Pat credits a lot of his baseball success to his football career and the way Greg Schiano developed him and his teammates both on and off the football field. The lessons he learned helped him grow on the diamond and helped him achieve what he did in his one year of college baseball. You know, it's funny, Pat ended up reaching the major leagues, something that I'm sure he never anticipated when he decided to play college football, you know, for most of his college career and then only college baseball for one season. You know, he told me in our discussion that for him, he just wanted to join the team, play a season with the guys, and then focus on his career post-college and college athletics. He just wanted one last ride for baseball. But Pat got an opportunity and took advantage of it. Pat got the opportunity to play baseball and it led him to the major leagues. And in that story, in Pat's story, he became a great ambassador for Rutgers and a true Rutgers athletics star. Time to talk to the players. Here's your host, Lance Glenn. He was a two-sport athlete here at Rutgers, playing four years as a defensive back for Rutgers football and one season for Rutgers baseball en route to being drafted by the Mariners and playing in the majors with the Padres, Reds, and Diamondbacks. I'm very excited to be joined on the podcast by former Scarlet Knight, Pat Kivlahan. Pat, really appreciate the time. Thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, of course. So, Pat, let's start with your time in the Rutgers football program. You you know, while in high school, you saw what Coach Shiano brought to Rutgers when he brought them to national prominence. What do you remember about the recruiting process and your thoughts and feelings at the time when you were offered a scholarship to come to Rutgers? You know, what was it like as the staff tried to get your commitment and tried to convince you to become a Scarlet Knight? So when I was in high school, that was, that was like, you know, 06 when I had that great game for Louisville and kind of, you know, USF next year. That was kind of like the rise, like Rutgers, like they were, they were kind of like, you know, the talk of the town again, stuff like that. So uh, it was, it was honestly the place I wanted to go all along. The only problem was I just didn't know if I was going to end up getting a scholarship and being able to go there. I was more of a, I was more like a one double A kind of recruit, like a lot of one A teams like, like me, but they kind of just like never really kind of gave me those offers and stuff like that. So I ended up having a really good senior year and, uh, you know, talked to the Rutgers coaches throughout throughout the whole season and stuff like that and then finally you know once the season was over i went on my official visit then a little while a little while ways after that i was finally able to get uh, an officer from coach and i committed committed right there on the phone so 
And can you just walk us through what it was like in those years playing for Coach Yano and everything that came with playing at Rutgers and, you know, for, for playing with, you know, for Coach Bob Frazier and Coach Rob Smith, too, because like those years, they're back on coaches staff this time around as well. Yeah, I thought I saw they were coming back. I saw a couple other guys coming back, too. But it, it was fun. I, I thoroughly and truly enjoyed every every minute of it, every game. The things I learned, the friendships I made, you know, some of those games, you you can't forget where you were and, like, you know, how you contributed to help the, help the win and stuff like that. So I, I look back on my football career with nothing but great memories and uh, awesome friendships. You know, playing for Cochiano was one of the things that we always hear is that Cochiano obviously focused on not only developing players on the football field, but developing players, uh, as you know, his student athletes for life after football, um, whatever career they decided to go into. Can you go further into, you know, how coach really helped you develop into, I guess, the man you are today and kind of helped you, you know, progress, obviously, in your baseball career, uh, you know, as well yeah. as your career after college? I, I, I always tell people, like, because obviously, you know, I switched over to baseball. And, like, the things I learned in football, like the way he was able to help us prepare for games, you know, adversity, stuff like that, how to just time manage, even when you're not at the field, to where you get your studies in, get your work done, prioritize what needs to be done, what, what, what can wait a little while. Learning those things, I truly feel like helped me so much in baseball. Because when I went over to baseball, none of those guys really knew how to do that. They kind of never, never were in, you know, like a structured system like that to kind of help you not only on the field, but kind of help you with the field stuff off the field, like the media, nutrition, stuff like that. So I felt like I was light years ahead of everybody else, and it kind of gave me that advantage. So as I, you know, got drafted and was working my way up the system, I kind of had that little that little edge that everyone else didn't have. And you know, now to more recent events, what was your reaction to Coach coming back home to the banks and being tasked once again to rebuild this program and turn it into a successful one like it was before and during your time here? Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I was excited. I know mostly you and I were pretty pumped. Uh, it, it just seemed like too good of a fit for it not to work out. You know, you were obviously reading things and hearing things that it might not work. It might work, but it, it just it just seemed too too perfect of a. Of a state that uh, it was, it was just meant to be, and I know I'm excited, and I know the fan base, and I'm sure the players are excited too. So let's switch it over to baseball. Were you hearing yeah. from any schools about scholarships? Did Fred Hill or Rutgers baseball reach out while you were in high school about possibly pursuing that sport instead of football, or possibly doing both all four years in Piscataway? No, nah, so I, I mean, coming in high school, I, I loved baseball, but football was my passion. Like I, I love that to like no end, and so. I never really put myself out there to be recruited baseball-wise. Like, I never went to any showcases or, you know, area codes or perfect games or stuff like that. So I, I really spent my summers going to football camps and stuff like that and trying to better myself as, like, a safety and a football player. I, I enjoyed playing baseball. My coaches always told me in high school that I should try and play baseball in uh, college. But my, my heart was set on football. So it was, it, was, it was honestly an easy decision for me. So would you say that, if you could go back to when you were in high school, you had more of a dream of being a professional football player than you did a professional baseball player. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Like, I I never really knew if I was ever going to be good enough to play in the NFL, but, like, just playing D1 football, that was always that was always my dream. 
So, you know, if a, if a student athlete does play two sports in college, they usually play them all, you know, play them each all four or five seasons they, that they have yeah. the eligibility. You know, your case is definitely rare where you stopped playing baseball in high school, didn't play it at all in college until jumping back in after your senior season in football. What was the motivation behind doing so? You know, what pushed you to join the baseball team after having not played your first four years at Rutgers? I honestly just missed it. Like, it, it kind of just became one of those things where each spring went by and I missed it my freshman year, and then my sophomore year I missed it, and my junior year I missed it. Each, and each year I missed it more and more and more. And then it was like, you know what? I got nothing going on my senior year. Like, it, it, it almost felt <laughs> like if I didn't if I didn't try out for it and do it, I would have kind of had that regret the rest of my life. And, and I truly didn't, like... I didn't care how it went. Like, I didn't have expectations of anything. I truly just wanted to be on the team, give it one more go, and, and just have fun. What was the reaction? You know, I'm sure, I'm sure it was probably mentioned to Coach Chiano, even though you know your football career had ended the, the previous fall. But I'm sure you know mentioned to Coach Chiano. Obviously, you know you had to try out and get on the team from Coach Hill. What was just their reactions of a football player who had played high school baseball, but a football player for the last four years now just wanting to join the the baseball team? What was kind of their reaction to you know your decision and your want to go out and pursue this? Honestly, the scariest part of the whole thing, about, like going over to do the whole thing, was asking for Coach Seattle's permission. That was that was the thing I dreaded and like was most fearful. So it was the summer heading into my senior year. I had already talked to the baseball coaches about like possibly doing it, and uh, they said, you know, talk to Coach Seattle, go through training camp, and if you're still interested when school begins, come back and see us. So like right before training camp, I didn't want any. I didn't want like Coach Seattle to hear from like. You know the baseball coach or an advisor or just i don't know i wanted to hear from me so i i went in talked to him and he couldn't have been you know more happy for me more excited easy going kind of the complete opposite of what i was expecting but uh you know once he was on board it was kind of it was easier to kind of just relax and you know play football and still be committed to those baseball coaches that hey i'm still gonna try out if that's okay and uh the baseball coaches they really didn't know anything about me um, I guess they, they could have looked up like some high school stats, but they ended up coming to tell me after the season that I honestly just made the team because they thought I was fastball. <laughs> <laughs> so they so essentially they thought that the speed just translate the speed from football obviously as a defensive back translated over to yeah. you know possibly being you know a pinch runner here and there um yeah. or you know uh an outfit you know a defensive replacement um so that was kind of i guess you're saying that's kind of their thought at least the baseball coaches thought when you first joined the team yeah they, they pretty much just said like you know you haven't seen pitching in three years you, a college curveball is a lot different than a high school curveball so i understand all that i kind of just want an opportunity to try out and i told them like tell me like if you know if I'm not gonna make it that's fine I just want just wanted an opportunity to try it out and uh yes yeah, so I ended up making it and they they ended up telling me at the end of the year that I honestly only made it because they thought I was fast enough to be a pitch runner so in 2012, you joined Rutgers Baseball as a walk-on and have one of the best seasons really in Rutgers history and route to being named the 2012 Big East Player of the Year. I guess my question is, what clicked for you that year? You know, how were you able to put baseball aside for four years as we were just talking about, come back for one more season and make it seem like you never stopped playing and really just played all throughout college? Yeah, I, I got off to a rough start. Uh, I won't lie. I got, got a... I got the first start in Miami because we, we go out to Miami every year to start. 
I gotta start the first game. I I truly think I was the last guy on the team to get a hit. So it took it took me a couple of weekends to kind of really, I guess, get in the swing of things, as you know, cliche as that sounds. But uh, yeah, like it, it took me a while to get going, but I finally I finally had one good weekend in Georgia Tech where I ended up getting like two hits in like the whole series, and that's when it kind of just clicked. Like, all right, like I'm kind of starting to feel this again. It's starting to come back a little bit. But I, but like I kind of like I said earlier, like I truly look back at like kind of how Coach Shadow like molded us and pushed us and kind of you know gave us adversity to fight through. So I, I know I had been through crazy things, so I knew kind of how to get out of it, and I, I really feel like that kind of helped me kind of ride that little rough patch in the beginning, and then kind of once I got hot, I just rode it out and ended up having a really good year. And look, obviously, and I, we, you may have answered this earlier, but obviously, you know, we talked about so many people's dreams to play professional sports. You know, as we mentioned, you went four years without playing baseball. You joined Rutgers for one season, had the year that you did. But before that, did you even in your wildest imagination think that the one season you played could propel you to getting drafted in a in a high round, the fourth round, nonetheless, becoming a major yeah. league baseball player? Or was your mindset, and again, I think you might have answered it earlier, but was your mindset more of just a, like you said, a last ride kind of mindset that this was something you just wanted to do before starting your career in whatever it was, the post-college world? Yeah, no doubt. Like, I, I had no, I, I had aspirations of all that be cool type thing, or, you know, a pipe dream, but, you know, kind of halfway through the season, you know, we started to click and have a good year. There started some scouts showing up for some VPs and, you know, calling my hotel room and sending me questionnaires. And uh, then it kind of started to click that this might be a possibility. And then, uh, you know, the season ended and I started to get some more phone calls and teams were telling me where they were thinking of taking me. And it, was, it became a reality that I was probably probably going to get drafted in. And, and it was wild. And what was that moment like when you're taken by the, the Mariners in the fourth round uh, of the MLB draft? What was that moment like for you, you know, to go through your emotions and exactly how you were feeling, you know, when, when you heard your name called and you became, you know, a part of the Seattle Mariners organization? Yeah, so they so they actually called me the night before the draft and they said, hey, if you're available in the fourth round, we're going to take you. And I was like, that's, that's obviously really cool. But, uh, you know, you always hear crazy things about, you know, teams telling people certain things. So I didn't want to get my hopes up or expectations, and then so it was a little nerve wracking, honestly, that day because I, I had expectations of now going in the fourth round. So if it didn't go as planned, I didn't I didn't kind of didn't want to set myself set myself up for failure. So I was I was kind of nervous and anxious. But finally, once I heard my name, it was it was just ec- ecstatic, man. It was I was so excited. I was with my uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and my parents, and we were kind of just sitting around the computer, you know, giving each other hugs and celebrating a little bit, but. I knew I knew the road to get to the majors was still hard. I knew like just because you got drafted doesn't mean you're gonna make it. So it was it was exciting, but I also knew I still had a lot a lot of work to do to get there. And you know, you by being drafted and ultimately getting to the major leagues, you know, you joined a list of players like Todd Frazier, um, David DeJesus, you know, Eric Young, uh, Brian O'Grady, you know, now who are Rutgers players who who made it to the major leagues. I'm sure that's got to be cool for you. And, you know, I had Todd Frazier actually on the podcast about a year, year and a half ago, and I asked him the same question. That's got to be cool and and kind of, uh, you know, exciting to be some of these select Rutgers players that have made the major leagues and have had an impact in professional baseball. Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's one of those kind of little, little frats of brotherhood that kind of, you know, you'll always be a part of it anytime you see like those guys or hear about those guys, you root for them. You know, you, you, 
you you root for them just as much as you root for yourself because you know there there's that bond there that uh, that you always have. So I asked you before about playing for Coach Chiano, and I'll do the same about the late Fred Hill. What was it like yeah. playing for Coach Hill and everything that came with playing for such a you know a man who was so respected in the sport and so successful at Rutgers? Yeah, that that was kind of you know a little nerve wracking too going there because you know you knew his pedigree, you knew the name, you knew everything he had accomplished in the past, and uh, you kind of just didn't want to let him down. He was a little bit older in age, and uh, but he he was witty man. He was he was on his toes. He was still in it, you know, still hitting fungos, and uh, you know he he kept you on your toes. He kept you humble. And anytime, not that I would you know catch myself like feeling myself a little bit but he, he was he wasn't afraid to kind of you know get on you a little bit if he thought you can give a little more and stuff like that so i i thoroughly enjoyed those uh couple months i got to play with him. so of course baseball football two very different sports and i'm sure each coach had yeah. their own unique style but were there any similarities in the way that coach hill and coach Yano went about you know coaching whether it was how they motivated how they prepared what they preached were there any common coaching traits that you noticed between the two of them that helped make both of them so successful I'd say just no BS. Like they, you know, not none of the none of, in baseball. The term is like eyewash, like just for show. Like no, they didn't do anything for show. Like it was, it was strictly all about you know making you not only a better player but a better person, and kind of giving you those tools to get to make you uh, successful. So, Pat, a couple more before I let you go. Look, you played for yeah. the Reds, Diamondbacks, and Padres, as I mentioned at the beginning. Are there moments in your major league career so far that really stand out for you? Ones that you really cherish, where you, you know, know, you know, you know, you have to pinch yourself, you know, afterwards to make sure that actually happened. Yeah, I'd say there was two. Probably, obviously, my my major league de- debut in uh, San Diego. Just just getting to the big leagues was, you know, one of those, you know, monumental achievements that that I'll always cherish and remember. That was that was probably one of the coolest actual moments in my life and uh, i say the other one was playing at yankee stadium that uh in 2017 when i was at the reds we ended up going to yankee stadium and i got to start in left field the first game we were there so it was cool just having my whole family there obviously everyone growing up yankee fans i was more of a mess fan myself <laughs> you know for my for my family kind of just being there my wife's family you know my grandparents and stuff like that it was it was kind of one of those just cool surreal like like, wow, I'm actually playing on Yankee Stadium moments. And what's your general thoughts? Obviously, what we're going through with sports in general is, you know, just crazy right now in terms of yeah. the pandemic and, and, and baseball with no fans and teams having to shut down. And same thing with college sports, obviously. The Big Ten deciding not to play football. And, you know, obviously the, the winter sports are in question. The spring sports were canceled, you know, this past spring. What's your general opinion on, on the moves that either Major League Baseball or uh, the Big Ten has made to, you know, for baseball's sake, to travel, not go in a bubble, um, and to obviously take that risk of moving around from city to city? And the Big Ten's case of, you know, just canceling the football season overall, even though, you know, obviously other conferences like the Big 12, SEC, and ACC decided to move forward and play football. Yeah, I, I mean, obviously, I would have loved to have seen some football this year. You know, absolutely excited. Coach coming back, you know, it was something that I think everyone was looking forward to, and then to not have it, it was, it was certainly a letdown. But you know, I, I get it. I get it from their side. I get it from the fan side. It's, it's kind of one of those tough situations we're all in, and uh, you know, hopefully, we get out of it soon. There's able to be some, some maybe fall sports in the spring or whenever they're trying to do it. Hopefully, all the winter sports don't get messed up, but. Uh, it's just one of those things where it, you know it sucks as a fan, as an alumni, but you, you understand where where the people are coming from. Even even if you might not like it, it's it's something you you can't really argue. 
Do you still have a relationship with, you know, some of your former teammates, uh, both baseball and football? And, you know, what is that relationship like? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I say it's a lot easier nowadays than it used to be, you know, with FaceTiming and texting and social media. It's it's kind of hard not to see people these days. But, uh, yeah, I, I keep in contact with a lot of those guys, football and baseball, uh, you know, whether it's through Instagram or texting or FaceTime or you know, birthday parties or whatever. So, uh, yeah, no, I definitely friends in my life. I can't get rid of them now, even if I wanted to. <laughs> Pat, last one for me. You know, you had quite the athletic career here at Rutgers, and this plays off, you know, of my question a couple a couple questions ago. What moments from either your time with Rutgers football or Rutgers baseball really stand out to you? Know, what do you remember most fondly about being a Scarlet Knight and making the impact you did both on the football field and on the baseball diamond? Uh, I'd say just football, just like, you know, the, the bowl games were just something that, you know, was cool. Just those those experiences to go to these cool cities and, you know, kind of wear the patch of whatever bowl game we were in. And, you know, just have some fun with your teammates away from the field and then to kind of bring it all together and play in that game. And, uh, you know, we, we, we won every bowl game when I was there. So those, those are just moments that will stick with me forever. And baseball, honestly, it was just such a blur. Like, I really don't remember most of the games. I really just remember, you know, like the, the times in the clubhouse, like messing around with the guys and stuff like that, and kind of just making making these friends so fast that I I really didn't have relationships with prior to trying out to now, you know, being so close with these guys. And, and you, you, you wonder why we hadn't been friends for the three years prior, but obviously playing football and baseball, I just never really, never really got to know them. But uh, yeah, kind of what I'd say. Former Scarlet Knight defensive back and third baseman, Pat Kivelhan. Pat, I appreciate the time. Thank you so much for coming on. Stay safe, stay healthy, and of course, be well. Thank you. You too. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Pat for coming on the podcast and talking to me about his Rutgers football and Rutgers baseball career. You hear stories of opportunity arising for people in sports all the time, right? An athlete gets their chance and they make the most of it. Now, So many of these stories, while feel-good stories, unfortunately either end after the game or they end days later. But Pat's story of opportunity is different. He got his chance to play for Rutgers baseball and took advantage of it once his football career was over. But he didn't just last one game. You know, his opportunity lasted the whole season for the star third baseman. A season which ended up being one of the best, really, in Rutgers baseball history en route to being named the 2012 Big East Player of the Year in his only college season. Now look, Rutgers is certainly not unfamiliar with the two-sport athlete. Most recently, Juwan Harris followed the route of Pat Kivlihan playing football and baseball before being drafted into the Padres organization. And Keontae Hamilton is a 2021 football and wrestling recruit who will suit up for Coach Chiano and Coach Goodell. The two-sport athlete also is certainly not a rarity in college, but how Pat went about becoming one is just so unique. You'll see athletes play two sports each of the years they're eligible, all four or five years. But Pat was solely a defensive back on the football team, putting off baseball until his senior year before becoming, that season at least, the best player on the diamond in the Big East. He took advantage of his opportunity, and it certainly worked out for him. He joined the growing fraternity of Rutgers baseball players in the major leagues, and left a great legacy for so many Rutgers athletes to follow here in Piscataway. You know, he had a last ride mentality going to that baseball season, but ended up making a whole career out of the sport that he thought he was done with after high school. 
He's a great representation of all the opportunity provided here at Rutgers and showed that when given a chance, he could do big things here on the Banks. Follow On the Banks on Twitter at OTB underscore SB Nation and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Just search On the Banks Podcast.